This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Grandpa's Globe. Season 2, Episode 3, No Way, Norway. Grandpa, moaning and groaning, lay in a tangled mess on his living room floor. I hate this, he grumbled. Kip, I'm telling you, this is good for your back, Grandma said next to him. Unlike Grandpa, Grandma's thin body moved elegantly from pose to pose with ease. 
If you don't do this with me regularly, you're gonna hurt yourself. You're too stiff. No, Kip, watch what I'm doing. Oh, come on, you're not even trying. I am too. Sawyer and Susie ran in through the back door, out of breath from playing a game of warrior versus princess in the treehouse. They stopped and giggled when they saw Grandma bending easily next to Grandpa, who looked like a stale pretzel. Grandpa, are you okay? Susie chuckled. Does it look like I'm okay? Grandpa answered. Kip, stop sticking your leg up like that, Grandma said. I don't know why you keep doing that. Keep it down like this. Are you even watching what I'm doing? What position do you call that one, Gramps? Sawyer asked. What do you mean, what position? Clearly, I'm doing downward dog. Looks more like dying dog, if you ask me, Sawyer said. He and Susie shared a quiet laugh. Ouch! Grandpa rolled over and winced in pain. Grandma scooted over to him. Oh no, Kip, is it your back? Grandpa nodded and groaned, holding his lower back. Oh, not again. It's the same spot every time. Why did I let you talk me into this? Sawyer and Susie ran over to him to see if he was okay. Are you okay, Grandpa? Can we get you ice? Susie asked. Or ice cream? Sawyer suggested. What in the blazes am I going to do with ice cream? Grandpa bellowed. Sawyer shrugged. Uh, eat it and forget about the pain? Grandpa's bushy eyebrows shot up. You have a point, but no, no ice, no ice cream. He paused for a second and then said, Susie, you could grab me something else, though. He waved for Susie to lean in so he could whisper something into her ear. Susie's eyes lit up at the request, and then she quickly ran into the other room. Secrets don't make friends, Grandpa, Sawyer said. Grandma folded her arms. I agree. What's going on? Just hold your horses. You'll see what I need, Grandpa told them, managing a smile through the pain. Susie came running back into the room holding the globe in one hand and the guidebook in the other. Grandma threw up her arms. You gotta be kidding me. All right, Sawyer cheered. Susie set down the globe next to Grandpa. Ellie, you know better than anyone that nothing soothes my back like a good Norwegian spa. We can practice yoga in the next life. Ha ha, Grandma said sarcastically. I don't think so, bub. You're not going like this. Her expression softened. Kip, sweetie, you're getting too old for this. You can't just go hopping around the world like you used to. Nonsense, Grandpa said, sitting up. I can travel the globe as good as anyone. Right, kids? Right. Grandma looked at the ceiling and shook her head. Unbelievable. Hold on, if you're gonna go, you're taking this with you. She grabbed a cell phone off the kitchen counter and handed it to him. Use this to call me if there's an emergency. Got it? Grandpa rolled his eyes and put the cell phone in his pocket. Grandma looked at the twins. Make sure he uses it. Sawyer and Susie nodded. Grandma looked back at Grandpa. I'm gonna call you to test it once you get there. 
Yeah, yeah. Grandpa gently spun the globe and studied it carefully so he could stop it on Norway. Sawyer and Susie held on to his free hand. <laughs> Grandpa and the twins splashed into a huge octagon tub, bubbling with steaming hot water. Susie held up the guidebook to keep it from getting wet. Sawyer wiped his soaked bangs off his forehead. Grandpa, your phone! Susie grabbed the phone that had floated up out of Grandpa's pocket. Almost as soon as she grabbed it, it rang. Dang, still works, Grandpa said, taking it from her. He answered it and held it up to his ear. What? What? I can't hear you, Ellie. Speak up. What's wrong with this thing? Grandpa, you're holding the phone upside down, Sawyer said. Oh. Grandpa flipped the phone around. Ellie? Ellie? I'm not yelling. Yes? Yes, we're fine. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Yes. Okay. Love you, too. Bye. Grandpa pressed a few random buttons thinking he'd hung up and then handed it to Susie, who took it and hung it up for real before setting it next to the hot tub. Sawyer looked down at his soaked clothes. I thought we'd at least get a chance to change into a swimsuit. Ah, who cares, Grandpa sighed. Just sit back and coast. Closing his eyes, he slouched down into the warm, bubbling water and grinned. This is the life. Coast? The twins checked to see if they'd heard him correctly. It means have a good time in Norwegian, Grandpa explained. How did it know to drop us right into a spa? Susie asked. Grandpa shrugged. What can I say? The globe loves me. Sawyer looked around and noticed that the hot tub was outside, and it looked out over a freezing body of water and a big city. Despite being midday, the sun was nowhere to be seen. The sky was gray, and the air was cold enough to see his breath. What about when we have to get out? He asked. We'll be in wet clothes. That's what I love about this spa, Grandpa said. He clapped a few times, and a spa attendant was almost immediately by his side. They think of everything. He looked at the attendant. Tora Clyre talk. The attendant nodded and took notes. Whoa, was that Norwegian? Susie asked. What did you say? I asked for dry clothes, and they always bring some complimentary refreshments for return guests. After getting their sizes, the attendant headed off to the store while another server brought them plates of hot food. Grandpa handed them out. This smells amazing, Sawyer said, taking the first plate. He was piled high with king crab and fresh seafood soaked in a butter sauce. Susie took a plate of roasted meat decorated beautifully with wild berries. This is typical Norwegian food, Grandpa explained. The seafood in Norway is phenomenal. And that, he pointed to Susie's plate, is one of my personal favorites. Moose. Susie gagged on her bite. Moose? I don't want to eat moose. I do, 
Sawyer said. Want to trade? Sure. The two swapped plates and began eating the amazing food. Grandpa took his time with his dish of whale steak and finished it off with heart-shaped Norwegian waffles topped with jam and cream. Everything, as usual, was delicious. While they ate, Susie read a little bit about Norway from the guidebook. Oslo is the capital of Norway. She looked out over the water at the city surrounded by snowy hills. Is that where we are, Grandpa? Clever girl. It's beautiful, Susie continued. Oslo is where the Nobel Peace Prize ceremony is held every year. It is a diverse city where nearly 30% of the population are immigrants or were born to immigrants. Norway is one of the northernmost countries in the world and is located next to Sweden and Denmark. The two main languages spoken here are Norwegian and Sami. Many of the people here love to snow ski in the mountains. In fact, Norwegians are considered the inventors of modern skiing. The country is also known for its beautiful jagged mountains and fjords. It's pronounced fjords, Grandpa corrected. What's a fjord? Sawyer asked. Grandpa sat up. You know, my back's feeling much better, so how about we go see one? Let's do it, Sawyer said. Hold on, Susie read further down the page. No way! Norway is the setting for the movie Frozen? Sawyer rolled his eyes. Oh boy. That's true, Grandpa confirmed. The spa attendant came over and handed Grandpa their dry clothes and then asked if there was anything else he could get for them. Grandpa had one last request. With a big smile, the attendant left and within a half an hour returned with a shining blue Elsa dress and a blonde wig. Susie was ecstatic. For me? Oh, Grandpa, it's beautiful. Thank you. No fair. Do they have any warrior costumes? Sawyer asked. Grandpa shook his head. No, but I'm sure we could find you a stubby snowman costume to go with hers. What do you say, Olaf? Yeah, no thanks. Grandpa and the twins changed into warm clothes and used the Globetrotter tickets to travel to a fjord. Within minutes, they were sailing across a pristine lake surrounded by mountains. The water was so still that Sawyer and Susie thought it looked like a giant mirror reflecting the snow-capped mountains. This is a fjord? Susie asked when they arrived. She spoke with a strong princess tone and made sweeping gestures with her hands. As she did, her blonde wig went crooked on her head. I've never seen anything so, so magical. She waved her hands out over the water and made swishing noises with her mouth. Whoosh! 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 Uh, what are you doing? Sawyer asked with a blank expression. What does it look like I'm doing? I'm casting icy spells. She threw both of her hands out and made some more terrible sound effects. Whoosh! Whoosh! Then she dramatically closed her eyes, put her hand on her heart, and started to sing. Let it go, Sawyer interrupted. Susie scowled at him. Sawyer turned to Grandpa. So a fjord is just a big mountain lake? This isn't a lake, 
Grandpa said. Fjords look like still blue lakes, but they're actually arms of the sea. Salt water, all of it. This is Sonjafjord, the deepest and longest fjord in Norway. Norway has almost 1,200 of these, each just as stunning. Your grandma and I visited many of them. Susie stood at the front of the boat and opened her mouth to sing once more, but instead of hearing her princess-like voice, she heard a bellowing horn. Sawyer looked at Grandpa disgusted. Excuse you? That wasn't me. It came from that boat. Grandpa pointed out over the water. Up ahead, a narrow ship with a curved front and back cut across the glassy fjord. Another blow from the horn echoed off the surrounding mountains. As they came closer, Grandpa and the twins could see a big, burly man standing at the front of the ship, blowing a horn. When the man finally noticed them, he gave them a big, beefy wave and turned his ship to meet up with them. Um, Gramps, I think we're about to be attacked by pirates, Sawyer cried. Nonsense, Grandpa said. The Norwegians are a very friendly people. We'll be fine. Let me handle this. Hello there. The long curved ship linked with theirs, and the large man hopped over into their boat. Sawyer and Susie gulped nervously when they got a good look at him. The man looked like a white buffalo. His braided blonde hair was tucked back under a horned helmet, and a blonde beard hung down over his dirty fur coat. A huge battle axe poked out over his brawny shoulders that were wide enough to block most of their view. Children, on my waters, the man growled in a heavy accent. Just tourists passing through, Grandpa said nervously. He gave the man a curious look. Let's see, horned helmet, fur, axe, you must be a Viking. I didn't know they did Viking reenactments around here. The man grabbed Grandpa by the collar and easily lifted him off the ground like a five-pound dumbbell. Reenactment? This is no reenactment. He sniffed over Grandpa. <laughs> Did the Icelanders send you? Ahem, no, Grandpa answered. He leaned over to the twins. This man really thinks he's a Viking. Susie quietly flipped the guidebook open and words started forming on the page. Vikings were explorers, traders, and extraordinary craftsmen, she read. They came from Scandinavia, or what would be today Denmark, Sweden, and Norway. During the 8th to 11th century, they sailed all over Europe trading, raiding, and searching for land to settle. They loved to explore and discover new lands aboard their longships. Loved, the Viking said. We love to explore. That much hasn't changed. Whoa, a real warrior, Sawyer said, admiring the man's gruff bulkiness and huge weapon. But it says the Viking Age ended around 1066, Susie read. What is this witchcraft? Give me that book! The huge man reached for the book, but Susie jumped back. 
The lunging Viking suddenly froze and started shaking before dropping hard to the deck. Grandpa held up his cell phone, which had just doubled as a taser. Sawyer stared between the taser phone and the zapped Viking. Grandpa, you just tased a Viking! He'll be fine, Grandpa said, putting his phone back into his pocket. He clearly needed to be shocked back to reality anyway. The Viking shook off the painful tingles and got back to his feet. To everyone's surprise, he had a big smile on his face. A resourceful man. I like it. <laughs> the man let out a hearty laugh and smacked Grandpa's already tender back. My name is Alf, Viking guardian to the Norwegian fjords. My name is Kip Boone. These are my grandchildren, Sawyer and Susie. They all shook hands. Alf stroked his blonde beard as he considered them. You are a brave-hearted bunch. How about you come along with me on my latest quest? Quest? Sawyer said with excitement. That's right, my lad. A quest. Sawyer was practically jumping up and down. Do we get an axe, too? No. Sawyer deflated. The Viking continued. I've gotten word that the Sami people over the mountain are having trouble rounding up their herd of reindeer, and they need our help. Reindeer? Susie asked. There are reindeer here? Norway has the biggest herd of wild reindeer in the world, Grandpa told her. Herding reindeer is a way of life for the Sami people. Susie watched with surprise as a new sentence appeared on the guidebook's page. It says to follow the Viking. Alf glanced between Susie and the book. A witch's spellbook? Who are you calling a witch? Susie said defensively. I'm obviously a princess. Grandpa jumped in. <laughs> what she means is we'd love to help. Grandpa, Sawyer, Susie, and Alf sailed around the mountains on the Viking longboat and admired the incredible views of the fjord. By all measures, it would have qualified as a perfect Norwegian cruise had the boat not smelled like fish in armpit. Grandpa and the twins watched from the sides of the boat while Alf steered the ship from the rear. Fog rolled in over the water and brought with it a cool blanket of mist. Silvery waterfalls cascaded down cliffs into the fjord, while others stood frozen against the rock, cutting up the mountains like icy blue veins. Susie pointed out a glacier that was tucked up between two mountains that looked like a giant wave about to spill over the peaks, but had frozen before it could do so. Seagulls perched themselves on rocky outcroppings and squawked at each other. The views only got better as they rounded the last rocky ridge and reached the beach. A small village of log homes and teepees looked out over the shore. As their ships docked, people dressed in colorful blue and red outfits came running onto the beach to help them. Have you come to help us? A little boy asked. Sawyer admired the boy's brightly colored clothes and his blue three-pointed hat. We are. Alf said, dropping the anchor and stepping off the boat. What is causing all the trouble? It's the Bergen Bandits, 
said the boy's mom, walking up to join them. Every year they try to steal some of our reindeer, and usually we're able to fight them off. But this year, many of the villagers have gone off to hunt, and there are so few of us left to defend the herd. My boy Raffo is one of the best reindeer lassoers in the village. He can take you to the bandits and help you bring the reindeer back. All right, lad. Show us the way, Alf told him. Little Raffo led the way to a few snowmobiles parked next to a corral. Sawyer and Susie could tell the corral was meant to hold hundreds of reindeer, but only a handful were left. A Sami family was feeding the reindeer, tossing food pellets into the snow and singing a beautiful song. I love that, Susie said. What are they singing? It's called Yoik. Grandpa explained. It's a traditional form of song sung by the Sami people. It's much like the Native American chanting we hear back home, huh? Legend says that the fairies and elves of the Arctic lands passed down this oral tradition to the Sami people many years ago. Susie lit up. Fairies? And elves? Sawyer added. That's right, Grandpa told them. The Sami people have a rich history in northern Norway, where they've spent generations herding reindeer. It's their livelihood. What the? Speaking of elves... Sawyer stopped and pointed into the corral. Is that Santa? The rest of them looked, and sure enough, there was the plump, white-bearded man in a red coat they'd seen at the North Pole. He was stroking a reindeer next to the Sami family and was trying to hide himself behind the animal. Grandpa folded his arms. Well, well, look who decided to finally wake up from their nap. Santa sheepishly came out from his hiding spot. <laughs> Hello, Kip, Susie, Sawyer. What are you doing here, Santa? Susie asked. Every year I come to check on how the Sami reindeer herds are doing. He turned and continued to pet the reindeer. Every once in a while it comes time to add a new reindeer to my team, and no one takes care of these magical creatures like the Sami. He cleared his throat. <clears throat> I've been meaning to thank you three for helping me out this last Christmas. I'm embarrassed you had to see me like that. I think it's safe to say you owe us one, Grandpa told him. We'll be expecting double the presents next year, Sawyer said. Santa stroked his beard. Fair enough. And it doesn't matter if we're naughty or nice, Sawyer added. Santa raised a finger. Don't push it. I hear you three are heading out to catch the reindeer. That's right, Grandpa said. Any tips? It's all about the noise, Santa said, pointing to his ear. Steer them with sound, and they'll obey. I don't carry sleigh bells on my sleigh for nothing. Good luck. Thanks, Susie said. And with that, they joined Alf and Raffo at the snowmobiles. Sawyer and Susie climbed onto a snowmobile with Raffo, while Alf and Grandpa each took their own. Together, they rode out over the snowy fields, following the countless reindeer tracks that dotted the powder-white landscape. After nearly an hour of riding, 
Swear and Susie were beginning to think they were lost. There were no houses this far out, no roads, just snow, trees, and mountains. They were about to suggest to give up and turn around, but before they could say anything, Rafo pointed up ahead. There they are, he said. They're stopped by those trees. In the distance, Sawyer and Susie could see hundreds of reindeer crowded around the trees at the top of a hill. And there are the bandits, Grandpa shouted, pointing to a small group of people dressed in black snow clothes, huddled around a fire by the reindeer. As soon as the people in black saw them approaching, they jumped onto their own snowmobiles and began rounding up the reindeer. They're getting away, Raffo said in a panic. Old man and I will take the bandits, Alf said, drawing his axe. You get the reindeer. Who are you calling old man? Grandpa said, hitting the gas and leaving them in a cloud of snow. Alf shook the snow off his head and tossed his viking horn to Sawyer. In case you need to make a little extra noise, he said before hitting the gas himself and jetting off towards the bandits, his fur coat waving in the wind. Are you ready to make some noise? Raffo asked the twins. Ready, they said. Raffo hit the gas and a blast of snow shot out behind them as they rode for the reindeer. Grandpa and Alf were the first on the scene. They reached the bandits who were scattering the reindeer with sharp turns from their snowmobiles and pokes and prods from their staffs. The bandits turned their black staffs on Alf and Grandpa, swinging wildly as they swerved by them. Alf rode up next to the first bandit and ducked under a swing from the staff. Then, with a great viking shout, he swung his axe into the snowmobile's treads and BOOM! The machine blew apart, spitting gears and throwing the bandit a hundred feet before he landed headfirst in the snow. Two bandits rode up on either side of Grandpa. Both swung their staffs at him at the same time, but he ducked and they swatted each other off their snowmobiles. Grandpa hit the gas and reached another bandit just ahead of him. The bandit swung at him, but Grandpa caught his staff, pulled him in close, and tased him with his taser phone. Stiff and shaking, the bandit slowly slumped off his ride and rolled into the snow. Go, Grandpa! Susie shouted. She, Sawyer, and Raffo were almost to the herd. Now it's time to make some noise, Raffo said. Finally, Sawyer's moment to feel like a true Viking. He held the horn up to his mouth and blew it with everything he had. The low sound echoed in the trees. Raffo added to it by shouting calls in his native Sami language, and Susie took the opportunity to belt out her favorite frozen tunes. Together, they formed an unbearably loud melody as they steered the reindeer away from their escape. The reindeer ran in unison, grunting, snorting, and kicking up snow as they curved around the field like a school of fish. Let it go, let it go, Vyakat, Vyakat. Another blast of noise, and the herd turned around and ran back towards the village. Only one straggler remained. The stubborn reindeer broke from the herd and tried to make for the trees. Within seconds, Raffo had whipped out his lasso, leaned back, and threw it. Swear and Susie watched in amazement as the rope unraveled far out in front of them and wrapped around the reindeer's head. Raffo pulled the rope tight, yanking the animal back. Then, carefully, the little Sami boy slowed the snowmobile and steered the reindeer back to the rest of the herd. That was awesome, Sawyer cheered. 
Susie clapped. Nice catch! Grandpa and Alf had taken care of almost all the bandits. They were both chasing down the last one, who'd given up on the reindeer and was making a run for it. Just when they were about to reach him, Grandpa hit a bump of ice and was tossed from his snowmobile. He flailed through the air and landed hard in the snow. Old man! Alf shouted. He turned his snowmobile around and rode up to Grandpa. He quickly hopped off and ran over to him. Are you okay? Grandpa struggled to catch his breath after having the wind knocked out of him. My back! My back! He cried. Alf grabbed an emergency sled off the side of his snowmobile and carefully lifted Grandpa onto it. Hold on! I'm taking you back! Tying the sled to his snowmobile, Alf rode back for the village. Behind them, the last bandit escaped over the hill. When Alf got back to the village with Grandpa, Raffo and the twins were finishing putting all the reindeer back in their corral. Sawyer and Susie were terrified to see their Grandpa being towed in a sled. What happened? Susie cried. Is he okay? Sawyer said, running up to them. He was thrown from a snowmobile, Alf told them. Quick, hop on. We need to get him back to my ship. Raffo, his mom, and Santa watched with alarm as Sawyer and Susie hopped onto Alf's snowmobile and raced down the hill to the beach. When Alf and the twins reached the boat, the massive Viking carefully carried Grandpa aboard and set him down by the mast. Sawyer and Susie climbed aboard after them. Alf ran over to the wheel in the back of the boat and carefully spun a small object next to it. Is that a magical globe? Susie asked, running up to his side. No way, Sawyer said, joining them. Alf was focusing intently on the icy white globe that stuck out of the ship's wheel. You've seen one of these? He asked with surprise, not pulling his gaze from the globe. That's how we got here, Susie said. Our grandpa lets us use his magical globe to travel the world. Alf briefly pulled his eyes away from the globe long enough to give them a curious look. She'd said there'd be others, he mumbled. He looked back at the globe. Hold on! The children grabbed onto the boat's railing as Alf touched the white globe. The boat shot through a vortex of icy wind and then splashed into a pond next to a big square building. The words Oslo University Hospital were clearly displayed on its side. Water sloshed onto the banks of the pond as a young couple taking a walk on the trail gaped at the sudden appearance of a Viking ship. Susie shivered after feeling like she'd just been blasted through an Arctic tornado. Whoa, she whispered. Alf and the twins carefully carried Grandpa off the boat and into the emergency room, where he was immediately wheeled off on a stretcher by the nurses. While Alf and the twins anxiously paced the waiting room, Susie used Grandpa's phone to call Grandma and tell her what had happened. I'll be right there, Grandma said before hanging up. She had told Susie she'd use Grandpa's globe to get to Oslo and take a taxi from wherever she landed. Meanwhile, Sawyer and Susie tried to distract themselves by asking Alf some questions. So you're a globetrotter too, huh? Sawyer asked. Alf raised an eyebrow. Is that what you call it? That's what we call it, Susie said. How did you find your globe? 
Alf tried not to pay attention to all the people in the waiting room who were staring at him because of his Viking outfit. I found it in an ice cave during one of my expeditions. It was frozen in a block of ice along with some other artifacts. An ice cave sounds way cooler than Grandpa's study, Sawyer said. What do you use yours for? Alf sat back in the cramped chair and stroked the frost off his beard. I've been using it to explore. That's what Vikings do. So I attached it to my ship and have used it to journey all over the world, discovering new villages, people, and treasures. Treasures? Sawyer glowed. Like the magical globe, yes. Alf smiled. And many others with slightly less magical qualities. Susie thought about the experience of traveling by globe on Alf's ship. He was cold, but different and thrilling. She imagined how amazing it would be to travel the world on a magical globe ship. Back on the boat, I heard you say that someone told you there'd be others, she said. Have you met other globetrotters like us? Not children like you, but I have met one other. Alf reached into his big fur coat and pulled out a brass compass. Her name was Gabriella, and she gave me this. He handed the compass to Susie. Susie turned it over in her hands. It looked old, like something from hundreds of years ago. She told me it had magical qualities like our globes, and that there were others like us. Some kind of society, I believe she called it. A globetrotter society? Sawyer and Susie exchanged a look of amazement. I would assume so, Alf said. That's about all we had time to discuss before she had to fly off to deal with some urgent problem. But if you're looking for answers, she's your best bet. Thank you, Susie said. Turning the compass over again, she noticed a small inscription on the back. It read, Made in Nigeria. Sawyer noticed it too. Nigeria? Sawyer wondered aloud. Looks like we have our next destination, Susie said, tucking the compass away in her bag. Behind them, Grandma came running into the waiting room. Grandma, over here! Sawyer said, jumping to his feet. Grandma ran over and gave them both a hug. Oh, Camp, what have you gotten yourself into? She said, holding them close. Is he all right? Have you heard anything from the doctor? Nothing yet, Susie said, hugging Grandma tight. We're still waiting. The three of them sat down and the twins introduced Grandma to Alf. Minutes later, a doctor came out into the waiting room and glanced down at a clipboard. Sawyer and Susie Boone? Grandma and the twins sprang out of their chairs and ran up to him. Alf followed close behind. The doctor looked tired and concerned. Your grandpa has broken his back, he said slowly. Susie clasped her hands over her mouth. Grandma put her arms around the twins. How bad is it? she asked, fighting back tears. It isn't good, the doctor said. He's conscious now, and we have him on pain medication to keep him comfortable for the time being. But we'll need to take him into surgery to repair the damaged vertebrae. The doctor hesitated and then added, It's possible he may never walk again. 
Susie cried into Grandma's shoulder, and Sawyer shook his head. Impossible. Not Grandpa, he whispered in disbelief. I suggest you get a hotel nearby, the doctor continued. We'll have more news for you in the morning after the surgery. We need to get started as soon as possible, so I'm afraid you won't be able to see him until we're done. We understand, Grandma said calmly. The doctor glanced back down at his clipboard. Oh, that's right. He wanted me to tell you all. He checked to make sure he was reading his notes correctly, and then with a frown said, Don't call Ellie? If she asks where I'm at, tell her I'm in a yoga class. The doctor raised an eyebrow at them. Wiping a tear from her eye, Grandma managed a half-smile and shook her head. Too late, Kip, she shouted down the hall. You busted! Literally! She looked back at the doctor. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Hey, Rocketeers! I hope you enjoyed this episode of Grandpa's Globe, which, of course, is a production of the Purple Rocket Podcast. Don't forget to check back next time for an all-new episode to find out what happens next. Oh, crazy. I've got a few Rocketeer shout-outs. Musa, and from El Paso, Texas, we have Gideon, Ezekiel, Simeon, and Jacob. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for leaving reviews. It means so much to me that you guys are enjoying these stories because I love writing them and narrating them. And so the fact that there are other people out there that are enjoying them too is incredible. Thank you so much, Rocketeers, for spreading the word, for telling your friends and family about the show, and for checking back regularly for new episodes. Till next time, Rocketeers, this is your host, Greg Webb.